This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where we talk about what it's like to be a Christian Monday through Saturday, to live as a person of faith and a culture against faith. So let's talk about trauma for one of like four times. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big deal. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about trauma. And there's been a lot of development in trauma over the last decade. Yeah. Um, nobody thinks that trauma is just something that rape victims and veterans go through anymore. Yes, and I see where you're going, but I want to stop you before you get there. Okay. Because we say something on all of our podcasts, and, and we have said it through all of our podcasts at this point. Um, when we talk about trauma, what is it that we typically say? That trauma is subjective to the individual? Trauma is relative. Yeah. That is not an idea that is shared by everyone. Fair. Um, among professionals, right? Like There are some that share that, there, there but it's are, not unanimous. It's not unanimous. That's fine. Right? And, and I do want to give that as a disclaimer, but here at Wellhouse, we firmly believe that trauma is relative. Absolutely. Firmly believe that. I will, I will die on that hill. Yep. Defend that to a T. Um, and when, when I say that, I mean that just because you haven't been a rape victim, just because you haven't seen your best friend die in the heat of battle, doesn't mean that you don't have trauma of your own. Correct. Right. If you were abused as a kid and you weren't necessarily, like, you didn't see someone die, that is still trauma to you. That is the most experience of trauma that you've ever had. Yep. And that's what you know is trauma. Yep. If you had, even if, even if it was something that your dad yelled at you one time, <laughs> like that is still trauma to you. If if that is traumatic for you, it is traumatic for you. Yep. Right. Because that is your idea of trauma. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't want us to lose that. Now, I want to give a stat. Before we get any deeper into this. Okay. And it, it's sort of related to trauma, but it's kind of related to mental health in general. Okay. So some, some statistics say that um, increasingly throughout the generations, people have felt more and more stigma to get help. Related around related to mental health in general, trauma, whatever. Yeah, that doesn't jog. I mean, we've talked about stigma several times. Yeah, but wait until you hear these stats. Okay, boomers, it was twenty percent. Twenty percent felt stigma. Twenty for twenty percent felt stigma. Gen Xers, thirty percent. Millennials, forty percent. Gen Z, forty nine percent. Is that because of awareness? Do you think, like, because boomers weren't really talking about mental health back then it, at the rate that we are now. It might be about awareness, um, and it might be related to that, but they still feel the stigma, right? And so... Oh, for sure, yeah. Right, the, the idea that I don't want to get help because I don't want people to think I'm crazy... Yeah. ...is increasing. Yeah. Alongside the awareness of mental health. Right. That's scary. Yeah. It, you would think if, if we were doing our job right, 
they'd be having the adverse effect, right? Awareness would be going up and stigma would be going down, but they're they seem to going, be going hand up in, in hand. Yeah. yeah, they seem to be doing the same thing. Yikes. That it's very scary. Yeah, we've got to do a better job. We have to do a much better job. Now, trauma, like anxiety, like depression, we've talked about this. It affects your daily life. Yeah. Right? That's going to be a key th- theme here that you're going to see among all these mental health challenges. Mm-hmm. They affect your daily life. Yep. Your your work, your school, your whatever. Yep. Um, now, um, let me find this real quick because I wanted to read this verbatim. <clears throat> this is from the National Council for Behavioral Health. Um, traumatic reactions can include intense, ongoing emotional upset, depressive symptoms, or anxiety, or, or behavior. Uh, yeah, behavioral. Wait, what the? They wrote that. Wrong. There's a. <laughs> there's a typo. There's in a the- typo in the manual. Um, uh, Dramatic reactions can include intense and ongoing emotional upset, depressive symptoms or anxiety, behavioral changes, difficulties with regulation, problems relating to others or with forming attachments, loss of previous acquired skills, attention to academic difficulties, nightmares, difficulty sleeping and eating, and physical symptoms such as aches and pains. People may use alcohol or drugs, behave in risky ways, or engage in unhealthy sexual activity. I wanted to read that because that is something that everybody sees as true about trauma. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted that to be affirmed by some level of data Yeah. in some, in some way, right? You guys needed to know if you see these types of things in someone they might have some level of trauma and might need to talk about it. Yeah. But the aches and the pains, that is one that people kind of miss a lot. Um, <clears throat> I knew this lady, or I knew of this lady. I talked to her once um, about trauma. <clears throat> and she told this story about how she was going to get mugged or she thought she was about to get mugged. This guy was following her through a parking lot and she ducked behind this car and like backed up like she was about to get ready to kick him. And he never came. Never came, never showed up. And two, three, four years later, she had this ache in her hip that she could never get rid of. She could never figure out what it was. And she went to her therapist And her therapist asked her, like, so, like, how you been? And it was just a regular thing. She's a social worker. Just there for, like, a check-in? Yeah, just, like, a normal thing the social workers do. Yeah, yeah. And she went to her therapist, and her therapist asked her, like, well, how you doing? She's like, well, you know, I got, like, this pain in my hip, and I can't figure out what it is. And her therapist told her, let's talk about that. And they did a deep dive, and it went all the way back to that moment where this guy was following her through the parking lot. Hmm. And so what it took was for her to relive that moment and kick and kick and kick until the pain went away and now she doesn't have pain in her hip anymore. Crazy. That's wild. 
that's a specific like therapeutic action that like yeah, yeah, yeah. should only be done by a therapist trained right. in that way. But like fantastic, right? Yeah. Genius. Yeah. So an important piece of trauma that we have to talk about as the basis for the rest of this mini series on trauma okay. um, <clears throat> is adverse childhood experiences. Okay. And adverse childhood experiences look like many different things um, and could mean a myriad uh, of different experiences for the individual person under certain categories. Right. Um, and so if you've ever taken an ACE quiz, ACE being adverse childhood experiences, you'll find that four or more of those, if you answer positively on four or more of those, meaning like, yes, I've experienced this, you are at risk for physical or um, psychological negative effects. You know what I mean? Hmm. Doesn't mean necessarily disorder, but you are at risk for some level of repercussions. Where can you take that? Uh, you can just Google it. Just an ACE, what's it called? ACE quiz? Yeah. Ad, it's better to Google adverse, adverse childhood experiences quiz. Um, I can try to find the one that I took. Okay. Uh, let me see if I can find that again or get in touch with somebody that will help me find it again. But okay. um, <clears throat> very, very eye-opening when you take this quiz. Yeah. But there are three categories. Um, abuse, neglect, and household dysfunction. Under abuse, you have physical, and emotion, physical emotional, and sexual abuse. Okay. Um, all the categories of abuse, right? right. Um, then you have neglect, which is physical and emotional neglect. Right. And both of those categories can mean whatever that means. Right. Relative to the individual. It is relative to the individual. Yeah. Household dysfunction can look like mental illness, an incarcerated relative. Um, Addictions. Uh, yep. That's down here. Substance abuse. Yep. Um, mother treated violently. So like if, if you watch your mother get beat by a, yeah. a father figure or a, ma a male figure. It, and I do kind of want to give a little bit of a caveat here um, on this one because this is, while this is true, we cannot ignore the um, intimate partner violence in homosexual couples as well. So that doesn't necessarily have to be your mom. Yeah. So I was also going to say, like, I, I know a guy. I've been working with him for several years. And, like, his his wife is physically abusive to him. Yeah. But just because of his position, he's like, I like, I just, I let her do it. Yeah. And so he doesn't abuse her back, but like she abuses him and like their kids see that. Mm -hmm. 
And so I think it could work the other it, way it, in those situations. It could work the other way in in a, the same sex couple. Same just sex like couple, you about, like yeah. it, it, it doesn't have to be only the maternal figure with the opposite sex. I don't think so. That's what it says in the in the data, but like it, that needs to be explored further. Yeah. Right. Fair point. People don't look at the abuse of the father, right, or look too deep into adverse childhood experiences of. Uh, homosexual parents, yeah. right? We don't have a whole lot of data in that area. Right. Um, that does need to be looked at, though. So, and then the last one is divorce. Mm. And and that one seems to be kind of obvious. Yeah, divorce um, in and of itself is now, in a lot of circles, being called trauma. Yeah. Just undergoing a divorce, both for the people going through divorce and the kids, as well as how it affects the children. Yeah. Um, which is kind of, I say kind of scary. It's very scary. Um, especially considering that like 50% of American marriages are ending in divorce. Well, yeah. Um, and 64% of individuals roughly, uh, I think that's the stat. Um, experience have adverse childhood experiences, yeah, um, or significant adverse childhood experiences, right? Yeah, um, meaning four or more, right? They're at risk. Yeah. Now I did read a stat today, today or yesterday, and like the amount of people that are choosing not to get married is skyrocketing. Yeah. It's like up to 38% of people in between the age of uh, 25 and uh, like 48, I think is what it was. Mm. Less than 50, but like above 45. 25 to like 45. For, like It's like 38% that have never been married. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it's because they're trying to avoid divorce, right? Yep, that's exactly right. They've, they've learned. I say this all the time to people, and they think I'm joking, and I'm really not. A hundred percent of divorces come from people who were previously married. Like, <laughs> you want to not get divorced? Don't get don't married. get married. Like that's yeah. the only way to ensure you won't get divorced. And you know that might be affirmed by Paul. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> but and, and I'm sorry that stat was not sixty four percent because that's a stat I have later. But it, oh, it is a you. significant number. Percentage. I just don't remember what it is. Yeah, no worries. Um, but. Like we say, with all of these things, trauma can also affect your brain and nervous system. Yeah. Um, it affects your brain chemistry. It affects your reality. Yeah, that's the deal. It affects your reality. And everything that's real to you becomes affected by your experiences of trauma. Whether that means your other relationships... If, if it's from a, a divorce, um, whether that means it's um, your idea of God. Yeah. Um, it affects your general reality. Yeah. And, and I think maybe, maybe a comment here will be helpful is about triggers. Ah, yeah, that's a shout. Yeah, go for um, it. So, like, I know I have a traumatic experience from when I was a kid. I was about six years old and without getting into too many details because it is trauma, 
Um, I found myself in a very bad situation, but I was six. I didn't have a choice. And I was backed over in a car. So I was in a car. That car was backed into by another car during a conflict. And the other car turned my car upside down. Mm. Um, Now, luckily, it was a small car. They just rolled it back over. But, like, for a six-year-old, that's a very traumatic experience. Um, To this day, I cannot double park someone. Mm. Like, if I'm sideways. Like, if they are this way, I cannot double park somebody this way because that's what happened. And, like, any time I'm in a parking lot and, like, I'm driving down and somebody goes to back out, trigger. Trigger. Like, bad trigger. Bad trigger. So, yeah, trigger. And, like, in those moments, like, I can be having just a fine conversation. Like, I can be with the kids, with Hunter, whatever, and, like, that moment, boom, that trigger happens. My entire mood changes. Like, I'm, like... It, it affects every area once that trigger happens. Mm. And I need time to decompress that trigger. Mm. Yeah. Um, and we're going to talk about triggers because we're going to talk in depth about t- PTSD. Okay. Um, so we're going to talk about triggers. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, that, that's a good point to bring up. Yeah. Um, well, if we're talking about affecting realities, triggers affect those sure, realities. Absolutely. And when those hit, they affect everything that's real to you in the moment of the trigger well and it doesn't even have to right it could just affect your general idea of life yeah very fair yeah right for sure you don't they don't even have to be affected by a trigger yeah i read i read a quote today um let me see if i can find her name because it was so good um uh there it is uh wait hold on so Valerie Rance, okay, in a research article, said that um, she was just kind of like summing up some some research, okay, and said that um, trauma is like essentially what she said is that trauma is unending. Mm, like we we are consistently going through trauma. When trauma happens, it doesn't go away. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. It, it is a permanent change on your reality. In one way yeah. or another, it is a permanent effect. It, it is going to have lifetime effects upon your person and your reality. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that for sure. If you once saw God one way, mm-hmm. went through some trauma, and then... You stop seeing God that way. Can you ever go back to seeing God a different way? Nope. Right. Like, well, you you can you can begin to see God a different way, but I, mean, I don't the, think you can ever return to the way you right, previously. That, that's saw what him. I meant to say. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yep. Agreed. Now, sixty-four percent of suicide attempts are due to adverse childhood experiences. Actually, what percent? 64%, that's the stat that I was reading earlier. 64% of suicide attempts are due to adverse childhood experiences. Hmm. And between what ages? Does this Just in general. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's... It's scary. It makes you think about parenting. Yeah, I put a post out when we're recording this. It's the day after Father's Day. 
And I put a post out yesterday on my Instagram about like the impossible task that we've been given as fathers and mm. the same would be true for mothers, but like it's, it, it's just an insanely impossible task. And that stat just like further confirms it, that like our role as parents is arguably the greatest role and the most important role we've ever been given. Absolutely. So when we talk about trauma, um, just general trauma, a person that comes to mind for me is Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, because the dude experienced a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm a Paul guy. Um, first and foremost, well, I know, first and foremost, I'm a patristics guy. But when it comes to the Bible, I'm a Paul guy. You can see... Uh, of that any entire top shelf is just Paul. Yeah, of any singular category of books I have, Paul is the biggest. Um, I've I wanted to make sure that that's true. It is true. No, it's absolutely true. Well, no, my patristic section is over on that wall. No, I said, but this entire top shelf is just Paul. Yes, that's that entire top shelf is just Paul, and that's not only all Paul. Because like my commentaries are down here, and those are have Paul stuff in them too. So yeah, so there's a lot of Paul stuff in here, and I, I I'm a Paul guy. So Paul is absolutely a man who experienced more trauma than any individual person should be capable of living through. Mm. Um, Dude died. <laughs> yeah. So first and foremost, I do, I, I want to point this out. This is very speculative, but, um, Jerome Murphy O'Connor for a long time, it's Paul, a critical life, the red one right after Paul between Damascus and Antioch and Paul, the apostle. He, that book was like the quintessential biography of Paul for a decade. Mm-hmm. Jerome Murphy O'Connor is a, a Catholic scholar the time it was written, Catholic scholarship was like the premier scholarship. Yeah, like they were they were the guys or gals. In there, he makes an argument. So based on Philippians three. So based on Philippians three, Paul has this section here where he's he's trying to prove that he has more accolades than anybody else. And that's why it means so much that he gave them all up. He laid them all down for the cause of Christ. And in doing so, he makes this statement. He says, even though I too have reason for confidence in the flesh, if anyone else has reason to be confident in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, a member of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee. Paul's arguing there that I'm 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 King Jew. Mm-hmm. I'm like I'm the best Jew there is. He's a good Jew. As to zeal, he even says, as to zeal, because everybody wanted to be a zealot, I'm gonna mm-hmm. prove myself to God. I'm a persecutor of the church. Yeah. Like Paul's arguing there that I'm the Jew of Jews. And he says he's a Pharisee. At that time, most Pharisees, Pharisee pharisaical men would have been married and he was not well how do you get to the point well how can you say you're pharisee or jew of jew hebrew of hebrew if you haven't been married now we go 
to the Corinthian letters and say, well, Paul wasn't married because he says he wasn't married. Murphy O'Connor says the mortality weight rate for women and children in the ancient world was like 35%. That's pretty significant. Murphy O'Connor argues that Paul was previously married and his family died in the collapse of a building. Probably, most likely, their home. So, which would spawn, why are you trying to be a zealot? Because you're trying to prove God. I've had this trauma happen to me, and I'm trying to prove myself to God. Mm. Um, so I think it, it's speculative. We don't know, and I want to make that caveat, but like Jerome Murphy O'Connor argues that, and I think it's a pretty good argument. But as far as genuine trauma that we know, Paul gives us a list. In 2 Corinthians 11, this is the list of Paul's trauma. Far more imprisonments with countless floggings and often near death. Five times I've received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Paul's a Roman citizen. Jews can't lash Roman citizens 40 times, so they can only do 39. But it's also what Jesus received and probably should have died. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I received a stoning. Most people die when you're stoned. Hence Stephen in Acts 8. Three times I was shipwrecked for a night and a day. I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from bandits, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false false brothers and sisters, in toil and hardship through many a sleepless night, hungry and thirsty, often without food, cold and naked. And besides other things, I'm under daily pressure because of my anxiety for all the churches. You want to talk about a dude who lived through some stuff? Paul. Who got trauma? It's Paul. Paul has very real, acute, all any kind of trauma you can pinpoint. Odds are Paul lived through it. Yeah. Why does Paul come to mind for you? Because Paul's a guy, Paul's a man who experienced trauma. Yeah. And Paul is the guy that without honestly, without Paul, we would not have the modern church. Um Oh, yeah, you and I wouldn't be Christians if, without if it Paul. Because Peter Shore thinks he was called to the Gentiles. He never went. <laughs> it's Paul. It's We're Paul. Christians because of Paul. We are Christians because of Paul. So, a guy who... This isn't trying to demean your level of trauma by any means. We're just saying, or specifically me, I don't want to speak yeah. for Cohen. I'm just trying to say that Whatever level of trauma you have, it doesn't disqualify you mm. from God's work in your life. 